Love what you hear? Be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, and even our D&D adventure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And as always, let's go through some... We actually got a good amount of news that's been going on the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean, with the Infinite trailer coming out a couple weeks ago, you know, that's kind of led 343 to opening the floodgates. Not only in Infinite, um, but some MCC news and just general news in the community as they keep releasing older Halo games that were on MCC to the PC. And, you know, just having new merch and other things launch. As well as, you know, we had another, we've actually had two tracks from the Halo Infinite soundtrack release mm-hmm. very recently. So go check those out on, on Halo's YouTube channel. Uh, they're, they're reminiscent of Halo. I've seen the community kind of split on how they like them. But go check them out and, and, and find out for yourself. As well as Monster Energy now has a countdown on their website and it ends at November 30th or December 1st depending on your time, your zone. time zone yeah so a lot of people are speculating like oh this is the release of infinite probably around then yeah it'll more than likely be around that time i mean we've said this before if it was an august september release which it's not it would be fall i mean that's mm-hmm. the buzzword for it and october's pretty much always out of the cards in my opinion yeah um because it's too spooky and then (laughs) uh november into very early december's uh, holiday so it's what we've been speculating this entire time but this kind of narrows it down to probably a couple days or a release week yeah uh because be uh, we've seen that the multiplayer another thing i want to bring up the multiplayer is free to play Mm -hmm. uh multiplayer is for everyone we don't know the extent of that, whether it's it's custom games as well, Forge, anything like that. Are we going to be getting theater capabilities with it? We just know right now that it's multiplayer. And I've been calling it potentially a battle royale. Potentially. So leaked on a Japanese site that was showing the specs of it, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that did say was a battle royale mode. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. Take that with a grain of salt as well, because it's Japanese leak from just a random aspect, but potentially. And I mean, I can't translate 
Japanese, so by all means, it could be right. It could be wrong. For all those haters well, on Instagram. What, what if someone literally just pulled a random text from there and then just was like, oh, this is translated to Battle Royale, and everyone's like, huh, okay, and no one checked them on it. Yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> uh, but yes, we, we've got that. We're going to try and wrap this up soon. Um, we also have uh, officially announced that we're going to get cross-play on MCC. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be coming later this year. So we'll be able to play between the Xbox One and PC. So finally, we'll start to bridge that gap before the release of Infinite, which they already kind of teased that, that we're going to be looking at cross-play coming with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, with that being said, let's move on to the meat and potatoes of today's episode. We are going back into some comics. We are going mm-hmm. to be covering... Halo Initiation. Yeah, and Halo Initiation is the fifth comic of the series in the Halo franchise. And it's surrounding Sarah Palmer and, you know, her start of the Spartan 4 program. It also dives into, you know, a bit more on who and how the Spartan 4s really started and gives you a little deep dive, well... Let's say a, a, a kiddie pool dive yeah, into Palmer's and sur- Davis's relationship as well. Surface level. It's very surface level. It's actually a kiddie pool with a bit of ice on top. <laughs> so, But it gives you a little bit of idea on that. But this is also the first comic that would be published by Dark Horse Comics. So we're finally getting over to them. In, in Halo franchise. Yes, in the Halo franchise. Yes, this is not the first comic Dark Horse ever did. <laughs> I don't know that. Dark Horse has been around a while. I don't know that. Jesse doesn't know that. For the rest of you who know comics, you've known that. (laughs) And the first issue of it was released August 14th, 2013. Yeah, so let's move on and talk about Dark Horse Comics themselves. Their first comic was this Halo comic. Founded in 1986 by Mike Richardson in Milwaukee, Oregon, Dark Horse Comics is an American comic book and manga publisher. In 1980, Richardson started a comic book store, Pegasus Books in Oregon, and with the success of the shop, he was able to fund his own comic book company, Dark Horse. Which is pretty nuts to think about. Mm-hmm. Like you, you yeah. pop open like a mom and pop comic shop. Good rhyme right there. And uh, it, it's definitely tough. Like it's definitely a, a, mm-hmm. a tough thing to jump into. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, 86 was still right before the downfall of a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. So you got to that weird kind of golden age that was eh. Um, but then, then you're back on top. Yeah. And so within a year, Dark Horse Comics would publish Dark Horse Presents, Boris the Bear, Hellboy, The American, The Mask, Trekkar, Black Cross, and Frank Miller's Sin City. Mm-hmm. They've gone on to publish comics within the Alien Universe, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Conan, Mass Effect, Dragon Age 300, and Star Wars. Yeah, they're... they're and they're... Spawn. Sorry, I, I didn't include that as well. It's one of their bigger names right yeah, now they've they've done a huge huge amount of stuff and they're known really well for picking up some of like these kind of like side items mm-hmm. where it's like you know a major publisher um whether it's like image marvel dc any something like that wouldn't necessarily look towards it mm-hmm. but dark horse kind of they are the dark horse yeah. you know they're the dark horse of it uh, picking them up and producing some really awesome content, especially for niche bases. Yeah, and they've been, they've become a staple over the year. And mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, I read as I said, I loved Spawn, and that was my first introduction into Dark Horse and being like, "There's something more than Marvel and DC out there." Yeah, there's and that's more... impossible. Yeah, there's some more than just superheroes. Neat. <laughs> Uh, so we'll give you a little bit of information on Brian Reed. So Brian Reed was born July 1st, 1973 in Indiana.
Indiana. Reed is an American comic book writer who has worked on Spider-Man, Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, New Avengers, Secret Invasion, and Dark Reign, Sinister Spider-Man. Reed has not only written comics, but video games as well. He was a lead designer on Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man Web of Shadows, and Mercenaries 2, World on Fire, and wrote three... Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes episodes. So he's he's been in the game a bit, um, you know, kind of adding a lot to, especially the comic industry as we talked about, you mm-hmm. know, really delving deep into Marvel. Obviously has a large fascination with Spider-Man. Yes. And has stuck with it. And it's pretty cool. And yeah. one of the first things that Reed really did in, you know, kind of the Halo universe was adapt the Fall of Reach novel into a comic. Which there's been... Mixed reviews on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's an interpretation because you obviously have a superhero comic book kind of creator and writer coming into that. So it's always going to be, I don't want say an adjustment period, but a stylistic choice elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going on to write for Initiation, Issues 7 and 10 of Escalation, Halo 4, Halo 5, and a short story in Halo Fractures. In 2017, Reed would step down as narrative director, sadly, for the Halo franchise. Uh, yeah, I mean... We'll discuss that later on our Halo 5 episode, but let's talk about Marco Castillo. There, There's not a lot. We, we've talked about this in previous comic episodes. Usually artists, pencil artists, there's not a lot. They're off the grid for some they're, reason. They're very off the grid. So Marco Castillo is an Italian comic book artist who is best known for his work in DC Comics. That's all I could find after about 20 minutes of diving on the internet. There's not a lot going on with the guy, as I said uh, they like to live off the grid, which is perfectly fine because the internet uh, is sometimes dumb anyways. <laughs> yes, yes, that is, that is exactly how I think about it. So let's move on to writing the comic itself. So as stated in the Spartan Assault episode, Halo Initiation is a tie-in comic to not only Spartan Assault, but Halo 4 as well, learning how the Spartan 4 program started and how Palmer became a part of it. The idea for Initiation came from not having enough time to tell more stories in Halo 4, which makes sense because we get the Spartan Force. Mm -hmm. We get Sarah Palmer. Who are these people? Yes. Doesn't matter. Chief is back. Move on from that, which, which I absolutely get. So 343 Industries wanted fans to know who Palmer really was. Even though we were introduced to the Spartan 4s in Halo 4, we had no explanation on where they came from or how long they've been around. Even though all previous Halo comics had been published by Marvel, it was time to move on and look for a new publisher. Dark Horse was their first choice, and since writer Brian Reed had previously worked with them, it was a perfect fit, which I will say... This is something Frank O'Connor said, and you it's odd because when you look up his work, I couldn't really find anything from Dark Horse. I'm assuming he did, but it was just Marvel, 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 Marvel. So it's a little bit bizarre to me that they were like, well, we have a foot in the door because of Reed having this previous relationship with him. But it's like he has this great relationship with Marvel. That's what I was a little confused about. Yeah, they probably took it because they probably met Reed with Marvel. Yeah, and because he, he probably just worked back and forth. And my assumption is the relationship at Marvel probably wasn't going too well, or publishing rights and 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 how much they take a cut of mm-hmm. was probably much higher at Marvel compared to Dark Horse. And probably knowing Brian Reed, 
they were like, okay, we have a, you know, we have at least a foot in the door to get us an introduction to talk with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At Comic-Con 2013, where the comic was officially announced, Frank O'Connor would even crack a joke about the many delays that Uprising would go through and how this wouldn't be an issue with Dark Horse. Remember with our Halo Uprising episode, the comics were delayed, like, what, a year, year and a half by the initial original end date? Like, Yeah, because didn't they say something like, you know, every month or every month and a half, whatever it was, but it's supposed to be a timeline. Every this, you're going to have a comic. Yeah, and it just kept getting delayed, like, a lot. So it was supposed to be uh, kind of this pregame for Halo 3, mm-hmm. and it ended up becoming, or, like, coming out after Halo 3. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very bizarre. But when it came to writing Halo Initiation, Brian Reed had this to say. Palmer's a lot of fun to write because she's halfway to a force of nature. She's got a lot of, quote, shoot first, ask questions later in her bones. And so far in her life, that has proven to be the best operating procedure. Of course, the day will come that her style backfires and she realizes she needs to learn about something the rest of us call subtlety. Luckily for us, she's got a brute to fight in this comic. So that day's not here yet, which really the story doesn't necessarily, you know, tackle that whole subtle approach. Her her style in this comic, spoiler, is very just go, 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 shoot, 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 for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cover art is done by John Liberto, senior concept artist at 343 Industries. And the first issue would have an alternative cover created by Terry and Rachel Dodson. You know, as always, we went through a little bit of who the writer and who the artist are about writing the comic. There wasn't too terribly much information, but oh well. Now let's dive into all three issues of Halo Initiation because this is the shortest comic we'll be covering so far. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into the summary itself of Halo Initiation. So yeah, to start it off, Halo Initiation, obviously script by Brian Reed, art by Marco Castillo, colors by Michael Attier, lettering by Michael Heisler, Front cover by Kenneth Scott, and the back cover art by John Liberto. Um, And then also the publisher was obviously Mike Richardson. Collection designer, Justin Couch. Assistant editors, Ian Tucker and Aaron Walker. And editor, Dave Marshall. And, you know, obviously publisher in and of itself was Dark Horse Comics. So here we go to start it off. So we have... Commander Musa 096, who we had talked about in our ranking the Spartans episode, he is a former Spartan too. And so he meets up with some admirals from HICOM to discuss this idea that he's having. And I love this idea is that he he starts talking about Spartans and he makes a reference how basically we've been talking about them for a couple thousand years now. So like, and he's talking about ancient Greek Spartans all the way to John 117 because this panel shows like a silhouette of a of an old Spartan in the background and then we have Master Chief and he's saying you know we've been talking about Spartans for thousands of years like haven't we been doing something right with them and so he says we we really need to look into doing more Spartans and well yeah because he also brings up and talks about how you can see in these panels too just how much Highcom just like has probably been hearing this from him a while mm-hmm. because like not Spartans again and he's like listen a panel like you was what allowed Catherine Halsey to do the Spartans too mm-hmm. to do the exact thing they did at Thermopylae which was take away these kids from their families and train them just to be super soldiers yeah you know so 
we need to have that again. Because then he brings up, you know, who saved you from the covenant? Who saved you from insurrectionists? Yeah. Who saved you from this? And they're like, Spartans. Spartans. And, you know, he says, well, what's going to happen? Because this is, this is now, you know, post-human covenant war. Yep. So this is post that. Because he basically brings up, he says, yeah, our, our quote-unquote direct threat is not here. However, you have uh, Sanghili, you still have the Sanghili around that are becoming more and more zealots mm-hmm. yeah. and kind of forming their own faction. As well, what about the insurrectionists? Yeah. We, we heard this in, you know, Halsey's journal and various other options about how the insurrectionists have now, in their best interest, did a ceasefire during the Human Covenant War. Yeah. And sometimes came to the aid of UNSC. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it was just self-preservation. Yeah, it was it was it was enough to get by. Like mm-hmm. they were being friendly with UNSC just enough to say, "Okay, cool. Like we don't really have to be friends, but we'll help each other." This yeah, one the enemy of my enemy is my, kind of my friend, my but not pal. Yeah, it's like an acquaintance of mine. Yeah, they they weren't friend level just yet. Yeah, so it, it talks about that. It talks about the insurrection may rise again and you know, we start to see that in a couple of the novels. We start to see it in Kilo 5 novels mm-hmm. um, about how that's happening. What I really love about this, and I think they did really well, and they've done it in a lot of the Halo stuff, is bookend quotes. So you yep. start the book off with a quote, you end it off. And so you have our, you know, previous Spartan who, if you don't know anything about him yet, you see he's wheelchair bound. Yep. And you see that he was a Spartan, but we've never really heard of him. And, you know, as we did our research into it, especially for that episode, you know, kind of like Osman, he didn't make it through yeah. the augmentation process, mm-hmm. but was still picked up by the Navy and is eventually going to head the Navy as the start of the Spartan Four program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I even like at one point as he tells all these admirals, he's like, you owe me at least this conversation mm-hmm. because he's like, you know, everything I've been through, he's wheelchair bound now. He, he hasn't been able to walk almost all of his life so he's telling them you owe me this yeah like and, and they're all like okay and and he even shows some like panels of like showing their faces where he's describing like Catherine halsey like taking the spartans everything you can kind of at least from from my interpretation kind of like sadness and regret on their faces yeah. of being like we did let that happen yeah kind of like that anguish like ooh, well you got us there you got us there that was uh kind of sticky yeah i right, will listen to you because you can kind of hear they've been blaming oni for a couple things but mm-hmm. he's like no 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 it was oni but it was also fleet com and you and everyone else who allowed this to happen yeah it was everyone who it was everyone it. yeah and you know so so to end this this first kind of prologue chapter mm-hmm. we have them up there saying you know they're like oh you know we're, we're we're sorry that we didn't use i don't need your apologies what we need is more spartans so i made some yep yeah he essentially was just like uh, I'm not even asking for forgiveness or permission. I'm just telling you we need them, so I did it anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's like your first block quote, and that that's like almost like the da 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 of like this whole <laughs> book. You know, it kind of starts that off, and so it just I didn't hear that after I read that. Oh, it's it's soft. You have to pull the tab on the bottom of the book. <laughs> it's like one of those cards where you have to like get the sound going. That would be kind of cool, actually. Dude, uh, hey, copyright that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so now we kind of jump into three months earlier. Mm-hmm. So so, so this is after pretty much they've already been tested and they ran through the comic, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this prologue, epilogue, basically, starting us into 
who now Sarah Palmer is. Yep. Yeah, and we have her and her her ODST teammates running for their pods and getting ready. And Sarah Palmer is, is narrating this section, and she's talking about how you know you're at a dinner party and. And people tell you, you know, what do you do for a living? And and she's very prideful in the fact that she can say, you know, I, I'm an ODST. I don't have a desk job or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I, I love what I do. And it shows her going into these drop pods and dropping down onto the surface of a planet. Because they're, they're saving an admiral who's in a warthog with a marine trying to escape some uh, nasty uh, – actually just a nasty brute from what we see. Yeah, because we know that there's – Something going on because from a viewpoint, you see two warthogs with their turrets firing backwards. So they're obviously mm-hmm. escaping something. However, you know, we, we see the first, like you said, the, the first brute chieftain mm-hmm. swing his hammer down and take that first warthog out. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. decimate it. And then, yeah, I think it shows it, he's throwing the hammer at the second one. Yes. He's, he's just like, screw it. I don't want it anymore. Which is something we've never seen before is them throwing the hammers. I think it's really cool. I think it's very much brute nature of, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of instability and just rage of like they're getting away. Like, I don't have a gun right now. Just throw it. Mm-hmm. And so in that throw, he hits the turret of that second warthog enough with enough force to cause him to kind of swerve and then tip over sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where then Sarah Palmer shows up to the scene and she basically goes like full Spartan on him already. Granted, she's still just a, a ODST, but she she essentially starts going hand to hand with him, which is really impressive. Yeah, I thought this was such a cool panel because you have that admiral kind of getting back up, holding this blue, you know, glowing tube. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we, we still don't know what it is yet. Very reminiscent of how Cortana's transported in Halo Reach. Yes, very much so. So that might give you away what we're going to be seeing here. And so, you know, the the I love it because you have this, you know, UNSC kind of higher up with no armor on. He's in kind of his his dress blues basically, mm-hmm. and panicking and that's when like she drops down it's such a cool panel of that orbital drop pod like right there mm-hmm. you know not realistic that you kind of control it but you know just t- serendipitously you can you can steer it kind of but come on folks yeah but i love it because yeah you're like she, she she goes out she launches out hammer swings horizontally like, like kind of like a side swing mm-hmm. jumps over it and like you said yeah just goes starts going hand-to-hand combat and shoves her br into the side of him like under his armor mm-hmm. and just holds the trigger down yep yeah just starts unloading on him and and he he falls over and she kind of thinks like okay this is a, a a defeat and then as she's talking to this admiral mm-hmm. more covenant show up uh to just kind of ruin their conversation yeah i assume it's the rest of the party mm-hmm. that was kind of around it's kind of like in three when you have to fight uh, that brute, but it's like other brutes around. It's like an honorable duel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just you and him, which I think actually in the lore, if he were to, to have beat Master Chief, that brute chieftain would have become the new chieftain of the brutes. It's true. Uh, and this is that mission in the arc, by the way. Yeah. But anyway, back to the comic with that. Very reminiscent of it. But yeah, you see her kind of being like, all right, now get down. Let's handle this. I At this time, too, it seems that... Not that there's a disconnect, but they, I don't think the ODSTs really knew why they were dropping. They knew they had probably a rescue mission, mm-hmm. but she's like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. I thought, like, yeah. all the higher-ups were evac'd. Yeah. And so that's when he says, you know, oh, you know, I couldn't let the base AI be destroyed or taken into enemy hands, so I had to come get it 
myself. Mm-hmm. That's that's honorable. Mm-hmm. And and that that too. Whenever she goes to Bosman and is like, "Hey, there's this dude here," and he's like, "I thought he he's alive." Yeah. Like we thought he was just like KIA or MIA totally. My family thinks every time they see me, like, "You're still alive, <laughs> my God!" And it's like, "Yep, just carrying my AI around." <laughs> uh, yeah, but it but it continues on, and this is where. She, she literally says it. They're between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. You now have that brute chieftain get back up. Mm-hmm. You know, he just kind of got dazed. Well, you shoot his armpit. I mean, come on. It's it's true. But now he's kind of in that rage mode where he knocked their armor off. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of going kind of going insane. You see him pick his hammer back up. And this is very much Halo video game-esque, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The scene is beautiful. Oh, it pretty much is right there in the game. So she basically tells him, you know... They see both sides, and she's like, all right, when I say go, run towards that brute. And he's like, what are you talking about? And you see her take a frag grenade and just kind of throw up behind him. Mm-hmm. And as they're running, they're like, in the panel, you'd say they're, I don't know, five feet, six feet from that brute maybe, in the panel. Yeah, yeah, it, very close. But below that uh, is an explosion, and the warthog just flipping and flipping and flipping, mm-hmm. and then comes to settle down right in front of them, between them and the brute, on its wheels, ready to drive. Mm-hmm. Just a little smoke around it. Yeah, you still, got, you still got some it. broken windows. You still got some damage, but mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then of course you, you know, the brute's like, Rah! and then as she's getting the admiral into the warthog, she gets hit in in kind of like that uh, shoulder chest area with a needler round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they they do manage to escape nonetheless, but she is injured during this battle. But not enough to take her out entirely. No, it's pretty crazy, too, because I didn't notice this before, but she actually gets hit twice. Oh, she does. I just noticed the first one. I only saw the first one. Well, because they only put one thunk there. Mm -hmm. Unless they both hit at the same time, but they should have done, like, a thunk 2x. A think thunk. Think thunk. Something like that. That, That's just bad writing. Yeah, but so so she gets hit (laughs) in, like, I would say the hip. And yeah, and then like the upper, up, yeah, yep. and then like in the upper shoulder area. But you know, she's still going at it. So she she hops into the driver's seat as uh, you know the the higher up jumps into the back, jumps into the turret and starts firing at that brute. And uh, this, this is this guy holds his own. Oh, this guy definitely. I, holds I will his say, own. I, I wish I would have saw more of him. Spoiler: There's no more of him really in the comic. But this guy shoots a shot. That's the thing is, I wish we had more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, more of like the the higher ups or admiralty, kind of not not serving a frontline purpose at all, mm-hmm. but being there and like fighting it back. And we see a little bit, like we see like you know the gunnery. Whenever you get your armor in two, he's kind of like fighting them down and mm-hmm. little things like that. I do like, mm-hmm. but I do love this. We go back into Palmer's head. She's kind of monologuing, and she says, "Well, my dad told me, or my dad told me once that pain was on my head because she's talking about those needle rounds. Mm-hmm. I told him I thought he was wrong." And then uh, another panel is, he also told me, you know, revenge is never as sweet as you think. I also now think he's wrong. And this is where <laughs> she uh, she takes the warthog and just starts, runs over that brute chieftain mm-hmm. and then just turns it onto these grunts and just is running everything down. So it's kind of like this Halo Grand Theft Auto collab going on right now. You just run everyone over. Yes, yeah, just three stars right now on this planet <laughs> trying to get away. <laughs> Yeah, but so moving on from that scene, now we have Palmer. She's in a hospital bed and she's recovering and she gets this unexpected visitor. And I love how this conversation goes about first because 
it's this guy in a suit, mm-hmm. and he's talking to her, and she's trying to figure out who he is at first. She's like, she she thinks that he's some kind of hospital admin or something like that. Yeah, because he basically says, you know, you have from your record, you have a, a, a huge amount of respect for the the Marines and the ODSTs around you. Why are you treating the nurses and doctors here like crap? And that's when she's like. Oh, you must be hospital admin, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, because he, he's starting to pick up, like, or she says that, I don't like when people think they're smarter than me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, really, she's not listening to the doctors or anything. And he's he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm not hospital admin. I, I, I'm, he, he eventually explains I'm here for recruitment. And we find out this is June mm-hmm. from Halo Reach, actually. So he's he's hung up his Spartan armor for a suit and tie. It reminds me if you've ever seen Gotham. Whenever they put in uh, the calendar man, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's he's he's coming to say, listen, we're the Spartan project's coming back up. We want to ask you to be a Spartan, and then she's just like, what? Because again, Spartan threes aren't really known. Spartan twos are legends. There are people who who still at this time really don't know the legitimacy of it. No, because she even brings up because he just brings up. Are you uh, you familiar with the Spartans? Yeah, and she, and she just goes, uh, "Big robot looking guys in the big armor stomping around that make us look bad." Yeah, I know who they are. Yeah, and that's when he's like, "Well, you want to be one?" And mm-hmm. then she's like, oh. "I don't know." She she maybe didn't gasp. I don't know. No, she went. Hmm. Okay. She, she villager noised it, and then went, "Excuse me." <laughs> uh, so so that kind of ends that panel there. So that kind of ends us on cliffhanger-ish. Then we jump over to a secret location. Secret. And we see a couple kind of coveralled individuals under, at the time, it looks like kind of like a a blue glowing bottom of a ship. It's kind of like like a hologram. Yep. And it's this going back and forth, almost like a who's on first, like, this can't be real. It's real. We saw it. No, no, no. Can't be real. There's no way it's real. My dad said it's not real. No, it's real. It's real. It's real. And then it's just this back and forth. No, it's not real. Yeah. And they're like, okay, fine. But we see uh, like four individuals, four or five individuals kind of talking over this saying, Mm -hmm. you know, well, if we do this mission, like we need to figure out what we're going to do. And then we get this really cool uh, two page spread and we're seeing top secret UNSC and it's the UNSC infinity Mm -hmm. kind of diagram of the entire ship because they're basically talking about how you know we need to take things for ourselves we need to liberate so we're kind of seeing that that insurrection is surmounting you know it was was brought about and we get a quote from this woman uh, with black hair saying we steal it for ourselves i'm gonna steal the declaration of independence this is kind of one of those moments yes this is 100 (laughs) percent that which i just watched the other day by the way (laughs) a classic yes so we start off with that there's two panels and, and it's it's Pretty great. So that kind of ends this little interlude. It's kind of like mm-hmm. one of those like little side stories going on in between what we're seeing. Yep. So that kind of ends that. Yeah. And so then moving on from that, we have Sarah Palmer narrating her experience becoming a Spartan Four. And I, I think this too is the first time we really get any insight into what the augmentations for Spartan Fours are. Yes. Because yeah. she actually goes and breaks each piece of it down. Yeah. So she she talks about how. Uh, her her muscles have been coated with a substance that lets them work harder without tearing my skeleton apart. 
I have that same problem too when I work out, just so you guys know. <laughs> uh, so she also has corneal implants to help her see in the dark, which I believe all Spartans had previously. Mm-hmm. Her heart's got, quote, something weaved into it that lets it pump hard enough to help me outrun a horse. Her lungs are lined with a polymer that enhances oxygen intake and allows her to process toxins. She can also breathe methane for I think, almost I think that's an my, hour. That's my favorite. Yeah, and which she says, you know, like, hopefully I'll never have to use because, ugh. <laughs> that's pulled straight from the comic and they talked about they, they tweaked the bacteria in her gut to help her get more nutrients from food. It's 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 some of my favorite aspects of sci-fi because I love mm. I love in sci-fi whenever they do stuff like this they do like enhancers and it's like you sit around like in a round table of like well what do we do like what what do humans lack that we need to push mm-hmm. and it's even stuff like we put in better gut flora so that it pulls more nutrients when mm-hmm. it's digesting like I think that's such a neat yeah. aspect and they they also like tweaked her blood i love that she's she doesn't understand all of this Mm-mm. she's because she says they tweaked something in my blood to help me clot faster stuff like that and then she says uh pulling from the comic and last but not least there's a handful of tiny implants designed to keep tabs on my insides for the spartans med teams i'm a regular 26th century girl i i love that stuff and to me this pulls up even though i i don't think they mean this at all if we go back to her talking with June about the doctors not having someone smarter than her, mm-hmm. it feels like she's trying to memorize these things to get those smarts. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like you said, she doesn't know everything that's happening, but she knows like layman's terms on what's going through and what truly matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she says that there's three weeks left of recovery. And afterwards, we see that the five Spartans that they chose for this was Spartan Sarah Palmer. Edward Davis, Young had Holst, Vladimir Scruggs, love Scruggs. I love Scruggs. Scruggs, and Joel Thomas. So we have June and an admiral watching these five Spartans go against a squad of Marines. Mm-hmm. And they have no armor or anything like that. And I think they said it's, it's a 10-on-1 situation where... Yeah, and it's very reminiscent, like, because you can see June's kind of probably pulling from his training. Mm -hmm. It's very reminiscent to the early Spartan training of kind of those black suits, uh, almost like uh, scuba armor stuff, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it, just a tight suit. So they're scuba diving after this. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and so... uh, Try to give you the best description (laughs) just from looking at it. (laughs) Yes, and so it's basically, it's not even capture the flag. Their objective is to just press this big red button. Mm -hmm. I always love it's a big red button, nothing else. If you have a button, visually it has to be big and red. Got to be big and red. Why can't they be square occasionally? I don't know. Yeah, and re- reminiscent to June's training, you know, because when we were looking at the Spartan 3s, you know, working together in different teams with that, you know, also reminiscent of Spartan 2. So it's kind of all brought up with those different trainings. Yeah, and so eventually these these five new Spartans are making their way to this big red button. All but Palmer are taken out or, yes. you know, like tased or whatever. And so eventually she finally gets there. She gets uh, the big red button, presses presses it and is like yep they, you know we did good and and june's just kind of like comes out and is like well you really didn't do the mission she's like what do you mean we press the button and we're gonna this is very much so a parallel with uh a fall of reach because he's like oh like you only press the button but you didn't do it as a team mm-hmm. you ran ahead everything like that it's not about glory you know you you let yourself get taken out by regular marines like what the hell was that and so Eventually, these Spartans are like, well, when are we getting our armor? Like, Spartans are supposed to be in in armor. Like, 
that's what makes us Spartans. So you have Musa telling them, like, it's not really about this armor. You know, it's 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 about fighting side by side and working together and all all that because you you can't do this just for the glory that's not what this is about yeah and that's when palmer kind of brings up well, like what would you know about it like mm-hmm. he, and he's like i was an og spartan yeah like, i was there for the start of it mm-hmm. yeah and he even says at one point you know spartans don't have ranks because spartan is your rank which spartan I, still had ranks yeah but i think that's because she brings up because he calls her uh Spartan Palmer, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, no!" So he's like, "No, no, no! You're you're Spartan now. Like you're just Spartan." Yeah, uh, and it says, "You know, you're Spartans now. You need to start acting like it." Even though Master Chief is the first rank we get, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we jump back over to the outside of the UNSC Infinity, mm-hmm. this mystery crew. Yeah, and so this is uh, in a top secret Dort Cloud facility, the old Dort. Mm-hmm. And this is where we start to see this tiny ship coming up. And see a bunch of those blue coveralled people again, the insurrectionists. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see that that black haired woman is the leader. Mm-hmm. You know, she's saying, we go in, you know, we, we need to take who we can. Like we're, we're taking this by quote unquote force, but not. But we're basically, they're basically saying we're outnumbered, we're outgunned, but they don't know we're coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're basically staging as a mechanic crew coming on because the, this, the, at this point, too. Oldest trick in the book. Yeah. The, the, inf- the infinity is still kind of being built mm-hmm. and it's it still has some systems that are offline it still has some measures that aren't fully intact so it's kind of like it says like 80 percent 90 percent there they still have some things yeah. they have to do so mm-hmm. this crew starts to sneak on and you know says uh we're just a construction crew we're gonna play nice until i say not to mm-hmm. you know they're kind of sneaking in and so this is where we see uh in the infinity landing bay five and they come on and they go, oh, construction crew, follow me. So that's the start. Then we cut back to June talking with the Spartans. This is where they're they're also landing at pretty much the same time. And this yeah. is where we get to meet, for the first time in the book, Captain Del Rio. And he's like, June's like, Captain Del Rio, permission to come aboard, sir. And We also got Lasky with him as well. Yes. So this is where we're seeing Lasky as well. And this is, he's basically, basically makes Lasky's tour guide. He's like, Commander mm-hmm. Lasky here. They walk around the ship. It's going to take you about 17 days to make this walk because this is like three miles, but mm-hmm. you're going to do it. So they start off on that, and this is where uh, you know they, the Spartans that come aboard have that shock and awe moment mm-hmm. of like, does the UNSC not make anything tiny? Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like, oh, inferi- yeah. inferiority complex much? And just kind of going on and on about that and poking fun at each other. Because yeah, and- they're just, I mean... I think everyone we know in the lore seeing this thing, this is something that no one's seen before. Like, unlike anything. No, this this is clearly the largest ship ever created by the UNSC. And most powerful as well, because we're using 400 technology. Yeah, it's pretty much just... It's it's like if you went to, like, a junkyard, started pulling this 400 tech to make this cool, like, mm-hmm. jalopy. <laughs> you got the infinity. And this is where they're kind of talking about, you know, oh, you know, 300... Spartans will train on here. That's why we made the ship huge. Yeah. So this whole level's just Spartan territory for training, for yep. eating, for mounts, mm-hmm. you know, for all this stuff. And basically, like, rolling out this red carpet of the Spartans, like, oh, this is pretty, this is pretty sweet. This is, this is our little, this is our turf now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so eventually we do have this, this insurrectionist leader of this, like, little ragtag leader, and she starts to talk to 
this well, one of the this bridge captain. crew. Yeah, yeah, one of the bridge crew. And so she she says like uh, this ship will have a complement of seventeen thousand one hundred fifty one crew eventually. And so he's just kind of like, you know, what? How, what how are you is saying? Why do you know? Yeah, these and she's like, oh, you've you've only got a few hundred, and then. All of a sudden, all the insurrectionists kind of surround him and pull a gun on him. So they're they're starting to to take everyone because next thing you know, they get on the bridge of the ship and they're starting to take over, telling all all the crew get away know, from your computers. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. well, this is something interesting. Is then the AI goes looks at this leader and goes, "You, what what are you doing?" and then she gets cut off because the leader turns her off. I guess AI's just have a button. They could just turn off. You got to save power. <laughs> and so yeah, so now everyone's kind of confused for a second of like, "Wait, cuz not everyone knows who she is." Like clearly the AI does, and I think a few other crew kind of realize like, "Oh, we kind of know who that is." Yeah, cuz they're like, "Wait, why did she say she knew you?" and they like, she's just that's when she started like shouting and be like, "All right, everybody, get in this room. We're locking you in." Mm-hmm. And you can clearly see in that top panel that you have Del Rio with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so D- Del Rio and the rest of these captains and crew are now in this room, and I love that they're they're they get put into this room and they try to use the computer and they're like, "Oh, it's offline." It's like. They're clearly very smart. You yeah, really think they would be like, oh, my God, we left the computer on. Our plan is ruined. Because you even see in the panel right below when she's putting him in the room, it's like, all right, cut communications, like, do this, do that. And like she's, like, barking orders to these people who know exactly what they're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. she basically, you know, inferred, it's inferred that she basically helped train this crew who knew their way around a ship. Yeah, and so eventually she comes on the comms and the computer. She says, you know, good afternoon. My name is Isla Zane, and I have control of this ship. So she's she's announcing that, you know, everyone's safe for now. Like, mm-hmm. just don't, don't do anything stupid, and no one's going to get hurt. One of those yes. feels. But we, we so as, as you know, her, her speech is going through, it's kind of like mm-hmm. those loudspeaker bubbles where there's, like, yeah. spikes that it's, like, going over a loudspeaker. We start to see, you know, various aspects of the ship hearing this. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, even more people being surrendered and finally it making its way down to Lasky and the Spartans in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being like, okay, uh, we need to make it to the bridge. You know, we need to figure this out. You can kind of tell June is kind of like, huh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, let's... um. Let's let's deal with this. Yeah, uh, and so this is where Palmer is approaching Lasky, and it's like, listen, if we are going to do this, I need some armor. And he says, well, as of right now, our armor is limited, and there's only scout, soldier, recon, and recruit. And she picks scout, and she's like, that's fine by me. June comes in and says, you know, uh, 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 Palmer, you're not cleared. And she says, we're Spartans, June. It's time to start acting like it, because then she gets all armored up. Yeah, I, she's in that sweet armor machine, mm-hmm. which it makes sense because you know he is trying to be like, whoa, like we shouldn't be doing this, and she's like, it's now or never. Well, and I think it goes back and forth because if you infer that if people in the ship knew who she was, June might. That's why June's like, hold on a second, we need to kind of discuss things, mm-hmm. and she's like, no, I'm a Spartan, and I, this is also kind of lore-ish. This is the first time we really get to see uh, armor selection mm-hmm. in anything but a game. Yeah. So that kind of becomes... Are we playing a game right now? I think we are. <laughs> so it kind of becomes a little canonical mm-hmm. in, in a way of being like, okay, armor selection was a thing at this point because, you know, the, the, the O2, the Spartan 2s, 
they had their armor. Like, that was the armor you got at the start, and you kind of just got the next iteration of mm-hmm. Spartan armor. Yeah, and it was the same armor. It was all Mjolnir everyone, going forever. For everyone, because that was something, you know, Halsey could tell who a Spartan was, regardless of their armor, because mm-hmm. it was all the same. Yeah, and you had, you know, Spartans that had some things that were different with their armor, which were like small customizations, but there was never mm-hmm. full fledged. This is scout armor, obviously, you know, lighter armor, less Mm. on it that could make you quicker and lighter Mm -hmm. or recon, things like that. So it's kind of neat to be able to see that in a book for the first time to show that there was somewhat of a choice this time and that they were doing these things to kind of fit the Spartans into the battlefield they were going into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, So moving on from that, we go back to Isla Zane and they're talking about how about an hour and a half they're going to meet up with their buyer mm-hmm. so they have someone they, they never say who let's just assume a powerful insurrectionist leader who wants to buy the unsc infinity or maybe a unsc defector who knows we go back and it's 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 palmer and she's got her new fancy white scout armor and she's you know telling the rest of the spartans hey armor up we're we're gonna go take out these insurrectionists and so this is when we get a little bit of exposition. June says, mm-hmm. like, listen, like, you actually don't know who this is. Like, this is Isla Zane. She was actually the first Spartan for. We wanted a Spartan that wouldn't need armor yes. whatsoever. Like, other than this this uh, scuba diving suit, really. She, she would just be this perfect killing machine. And they found out that, you know, it's like her bones are unbreakable. And she's she's stronger than any of you. And she basically just went crazy. Yes, because what they were saying is, was there a total of seven they tried again? I think so. Seven. Six died, and she was the only one to make it. Mm. However, it messed with her brain so much that, like you said, she just kind of became a one-track, unstable killing machine. Yeah, and so this is where they're just kind of like, well, we we, we have to do this, so... Spartan Davis and Spartan Palmer break off because they they have an idea that they're going to roll with to try to take out these insurrectionists. Yes. And and within that same time, you know, we have this talk with Del Rio, you know, with the other guys in there, and he's, you know, finally gets access to the computer, but can't access the AI because they knew that the AI Ain uh, was down. And and she uh, Zane had brought this up earlier. Zane and Ain. Yeah, Zane and Ain. I think it's pretty much, you know, they're the same in the one. Who knows? But with Ain, Zane knew, you know, who, like, like to take it down and knew that Ain, man, we're going with Zane Ain, this is crazy, but AI Ain was just a temporary one. Mm-hmm. It's a smart AI, but it was like a smart builder AI, if you want to think of it in that way. Like, she was overseeing the ship and making sure things run, but not in the way of, like, super smart AI and learning like Cortana. So she's, like, in that middle ground of dumb smart, I guess, in a way. And so then this, anyway, going back to where we were, we have Del Rio get access to the computer and punch in his codes. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a nuke launch. You need both codes to kind of destroy the world <laughs> in a way. But uh, <laughs> for this, you need two codes to override the system and to get total control to like two computer terminals. So mm-hmm. this is kind of, I assume, in prep of if pirates ever took over whatever happened, you need both Del Rio and Lasky, who are the two commanders of this ship currently, mm-hmm. to punch him in and they can do what they need to do because they figured once they can do that they can flood the air out of the bridge mm-hmm. because that was that's one thing we're going to learn is that there are multiple ports 
that we've seen in other ships where you flood the oxygen to kill the fire. Mm -hmm, yeah. But they're using it in different ways. We see the Spartans, sans our two on our secret mission, running towards the bridge. And then this is where Zane comes on and is like, hey, one more step and we start shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And they're even accompanied by June. Mm -hmm. Yeah, June's with him. June's looking like, now he's looking like Hitman. He is, yeah, because he's bald, he's got a suit, he's got a tattoo he's got on a, his face. Yeah, he's got a gun, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. definitely Hitman 100%. Mm -hmm. So they make it past this little barrier, and she goes, hey, you know, here's an idea of what'll happen if you start coming closer. And she does exactly what Del Rio wants to do. Mm -hmm. She ends up flooding uh, all the oxygen out of the uh, S deck. That mm -hmm. they're on, which is a Spartan deck. Yeah. And you see, like, some people start flying out of, of, of those different air holes. Air holes, yes. The best way I can describe those <laughs> reports. And you see the two Spartans, I forget who's in this armor, but uh, grab both Lasky and June as they start mm -hmm. to go out and give them uh, oxygen masks. Yep. You know, right away to make sure that they, they can make it through this. And they're like, all right, never mind. Like, we've got to go. Like, if she already knows how to do these type of things and has full access to the ship, we got to go. However, we figured out, and this is where Lasky, like, magically is like, give me to a computer terminal. I'll punch in my codes. And along with Del Rio's codes already in there, they get access to the ship. Mm -hmm. And this is where, because she still has, uh, Zane will still have access to it. But they also do, I guess, in a way, kind of open the systems back up. Yeah. And allows them to black out the cameras for a minute. Mm -hmm. And that's when June kind of debates it. But everyone's like, we need, everyone says, we need to get to the bridge. It's it's our one option we have right now. This is our maybe mm -hmm. our one shot we have before she floods all the oxygen out except for the bridge and yeah. just takes this ship. Yeah, well, because I remember at one point she she talks about how she's, uh, she's hesitant to even call the crew worker or the crew members innocent in a mm -hmm. way. Like she's like talking about innocent lives and she's, so she's willing to do it at the end of the day because she doesn't see them as innocent people. So yes. Yeah. Cause I think she says innocent. Well, not so much. Yeah. You know, kind of says they're guilt by association. I exactly. And they're part of the UNSC. Mm -hmm. And we see now that, she has these different groups set up of, of different uh, insurrectionists, and they're mm -hmm. they're crewing up and kidding out and, and getting these ARs, and she tells them, sweep S-Deck, go and find them, take out these Spartans, because this is after those cameras go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they're, they're heading out. Uh, yeah, because she says, uh, the buyer expressed interest in any command crew we can keep alive. Speaking of which, probably time to get Admiral Drake on the horn. So this is mm -hmm. when we're learning that there's a higher up that is you know, guiding these insurrectionists or possibly the buyer, or we don't know anything too much yet about Drake, but yeah. we, we know that there is structure within the insurrectionists. We've known that for a while, but, you know, is this a, like most of them, UNSC deflector who left and is using those, that knowledge and skills to probably operate these missions? Yeah, yeah. Because you have to remember that Zane is pretty much a Spartan at mm -hmm. this point, so it has the, the speed, the strength, the, mm -hmm. the indestructible bones, things like that. And so, yes, yeah, so that's when we first learn about that. Now this is where we start to get these talks between Del Rio and Lasky going back and forth, kind of 
I guess, informing either side of what's going on. Yeah. You know, saying like, oh, she locked us in here. Like, we're okay. Where are you guys? Mm. And this is now, too, where we learn about that secret mission that Palmer and Davis are on because uh, Del Rio asked Lasky, he's like, hey, so you still got those five Spartans? And he's like, oh, three. And Del Rio's like, you lost two of them already? He's like, no, Mm. they're just gone. They're on a secret mission. Uh, Yeah, they ran away. Yeah, they just just left. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, but then we get this exterior shot of Infinity, and we see two little Spartans hanging around outside. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it's kind of it's kind of neat to have this little like moment, this little moment between them, of just like of just taking in the scenery. Mm-hmm. And yeah. talking about man, this is it's actually kind of pretty, you know, out here in space. I, I think one of them refers to it as like a postcard moment. Yes, yep. so like this, this is a postcard moment for sure. And we see both of them outside, kind of jabbing at what's coming or what's been in Halo games. They talk about man, it would be really nice if we had jetpacks. Yeah, I love that they like foreshadowed it mm-hmm. and saying. Uh, you know, maybe we could ask for for a thing like that. Maybe that's a thing we already can get. And then we get them in, in Halo 4. They predicted Halo 4. So we do eventually start making our way to the bridge itself. And this is... From from the exterior. So we're still the following the two mm-hmm. kind of flying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is where they're, they kind of realize, like, they have one shot to do this. And they eventually break their way in. And we see some, like, I love this bridge crew guy oh, just fly out of the window Yeah, the insurrectionist bridge guy. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I love that that term as well. And I like this, too, because this is where we start to see, and we'll talk about kind of the, the, the shortcomings of this, but this is where we see the minuscule amount of interaction between Palmer and Davis. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about, because Davis says, she's mine. And, or Palmer, excuse me, Palmer says, she's mine. And Davis says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to take out four of them, and you have to take out one of them. Mm-hmm. And and I love that she responds with, mine, mine has indestructible bones and is basically a Spartan. You just got four little people. Yeah. And, and so after, you know, this poor guy flies out into space, she goes hand-to-hand with Isla Zane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palmer does. And we see pretty quickly... They're they're a match, and Palmer's in her armor, yes. and Isla's not. She's taking her on, blocking her punches and everything without armor, which I think is pretty impressive, and she's even, like, messing with her. She's like, oh, you're adorable. Look at you in your big girl armor, almost like you're a real Spartan. And so this is when they start going back and forth. And again, it seems like they're kind of equals. Yes, it, it definitely does, because you see their different fighting tactics that they have, and we see just the prowess that Zane has. One, mm-hmm. she survived kind of she survived the whole deoxygenation. Deoxygenation? The venting. Put that way. <laughs> the venting of the oxygen whenever they broke the port windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's able to talk and sort of like she never took a moment to have to like to have to catch her breath. Yeah. So we see already without armor, she's already still a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, as they're fighting, it switches over after a big old thoom there at the bottom corner. We see we're back now to Del Rio, who's talking to Lasky and June and the other three Spartans. <laughs> and, and, uh, this is great, too, because he's saying, we're still building this and we're, it's getting destroyed. What do we do? Like, he's a numbers guy. You can tell because in that panel with that thoom, Palmer takes Zane and smashes her on. 
on like the command console, mm-hmm. and you just saw Del Rio like just adding the numbers up in his head. Yeah, Got to like, buy a new one of those. He's, and... like, he's like, what the hell is that? He's like, sounds like they're tearing the place apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so eventually, as they're sitting there, kind of talking, June and, and Lasky and the rest of the Spartans, the rest of the insurrection shows up and starts firing at them. Mm-hmm. And I love this bottom one right here is that one of the Spartans covers. Lasky and yes. just takes a shot because he has a shield. So that we're automatically seeing, like, even though we didn't see a lot of training in this comic, we know it's there because the first instinct is to cover the commander. I can take it. He can't. He doesn't have armor. I'm also interested, too, if that's just instinct as, you know, as a Marine, as an ODST, that you protect your commander. To that extent, I wouldn't know either or. Because I'm interested that in that extent. because... I, I guess we were just inferring that they know the armor can take these things, mm-hmm. but that was just a split second decision. So I think that this was more true, of a militaristic, yeah. you know, protect my comrades type thing, mm-hmm. but also, oh yeah, I have a shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so eventually, I love they do get Lasky out of the fire, and Lasky's like, uh, where's June? Like, I'm, I don't, like, I'm not the only one with armor. They're like, he knows what he's doing. Yes. Like, he's, he's clearly fine. So, Lasky's, like, literally trying to make his way back into the fight, and they're like, no, no, no. And that's something I do like about Lasky. He's always first, first on the front lines, if he can be. Yes. You know, I mean, we saw it. We saw him run, take a hunter blast, do some flips when he's a kid. It happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. And then he, even then in Spartan Ops, we see him go toe-to-toe with a Promethean yes. somehow. But you know what? That's fine. But eventually he does make his way over to this computer because uh, he realizes, oh, I can just drop a door mm-hmm. and seal them in this room. And then I love that after he does that, the Spartans are like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not done with this fight. Open it up. And he's like, he's like we won. You you got to learn when to stop. Yes. They're in this room. They're contained. We need to move on from that. Yeah, we we, we won this. They're not all KIA. It's it's not just like a who can have a zero total on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. It's that's not our mission. Our the, mission is bridge. Yeah, and this isn't Spartan games, folks. <laughs> it's a real people. Yeah. So we move back to Isla and Sarah Palmer fighting, and like I love this. She she gets her face just smashed into a wall, and like her nose is now obviously broken. But, again, they're still kind of equals until Palmer tries to pull out a gun, and mm-hmm. Isla's like, uh-uh-uh. Like, if we're going to do this, it's it's, it's with— mano y mano. It's mm-hmm. hand-to-hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she talks about, you know, like, she even says, like, let's get personal. And they're they're still fighting, and I, I do love when the, you have a fight where there's just a lot of, like, talking involved yes. as well. But, but eventually— Well, and, and we see in a panel before this, we see that Zane now has Palmer— just with both of her hands wrapped around her neck. And you mm-hmm. can clearly see that she's choking her out. Yeah, and so this is when Del Rio shows up and does the classic, uh, get off my ship. And uh, Ayn, Acti- not Zane, Yeah, activates Ayn, Ayn again. Mm-hmm, yeah, and she talks about, okay, like, or she's like, do you want me to get them off? And he's like, yep. So the, I guess, a new door opens what, what, up from what, before? What I assume is that, similar to what happened in the S-deck, there's uh, those, you know, basically port doors, the huge ones that'll come over the glass. Like you've seen mm. Star Wars or anything. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they probably opened that back up. So they have a JK button for when they <laughs> yes. open back up. <laughs> yes, it's a funny button. Yeah, and so this is when when 
Isla's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not done with you yet. And then this is when part or this is where Palmer does like a cliche, like punches her in the face and is like, stand down, you've been relieved of your duty. Like the, the, gotta love the the cliches they throw in there as well. Yeah, that's like the da 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 done, but like on a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's still kind of cool, but it's kind of just overplayed. Oh my gosh! And then yeah, so now everyone starts to to recover, and even and Davis says to Palmer, like, "I won the race." I think he's talking about because he he took down four of them mm-hmm. before she she yep. took down and hers she's like oh i'll get you next time and everyone's kind of coming back together and del rio is like good to see you again and this is where he's like oh well i guess we have some repair work we got to do to this big old ship mm-hmm. and so now it's it's moving on and we have kind of that narration again and we see someone t- uh or this, this... we see the cliffhanger of the book we do. We actually do have a cliffhanger because we see this panel of admirals and whatnot that from the beginning of the book talk to Musa as we see Isla Zane floating in space. And they're talking about, you know, you, you made her a monster. You, you made this uh, this killing machine. Mm-hmm. And as they're describing this. We see a ship uncloak. Yeah, this ship that I don't even recognize the design. I'm going to assume insurrectionist. But then again, we see are those like. Like, what are those stripes that are on this side of these commanders as well and admirals? Am I crazy or is that just a design thing? I want to say that it's the admiral that's picking them up. I think it's a defected admiral. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. So she does get picked up in outer space because God knows how long she can survive out there. And eventually she, she wakes back up and she's in a chair and she says... You know, gasp, you, what are you doing here? Yeah, and that's, and that's where we're left off with with at least her story. Mm-hmm. Because the ship we see decloak, kind of Jesse was saying, it has like four bars. I mean, it's very much surmised, I guess you would say, that this was possibly a UNSC ship turned insurrectionist, mm-hmm. that it can cloak, and that it's kind of more the spy ship that we've seen mm-hmm. in stories before. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the idea of her story is left on a cliffhanger because you're like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we move on then, and now we're back to it. Now it's actually showing the admirals and Musa, and they're talking about, you know, they, they were kind of trying to grill him, like, you know, you you did this to Isla, and, and, and he was saying, you know, listen, like, we did this before we had your permission. Mm-hmm. Like, this was something, this was like an Oni thing that just kind of happened. Clearly, you know, it, it was, it was, not good to do at the time that we didn't know any better. And and they do also confirm, you know, they're still trying to turn down the Spartans. He's saying, well, Spartans are the reason you have Admiral Mattias Drake's people in custody, like half a dozen of them. So yes. we're and this, of- is, this is once again, the Admiral that we're thinking defected mm-hmm. and is, is now leading the insurrectionists, at least in this territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this- it goes on. Yeah, he goes on and talks about. The Spartans are the reason you have these in custody. The Spartans are the reason that you have, you know, the safety of the ship. The mm-hmm. Spartans are the reason that we still have the infinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is when he says, now it's time to pay dues. They're no longer Navy. They're no longer mm-hmm. Army. They're no longer Marines. They're their own branch of the military. From here on out, Spartans are their own branch. And that's essentially how it ends. And, and you know, he, the, the, the last lines from this, him talking to them, is, Spartans are what we will. Spartans are what will see us through the darkness ahead and into the dawn beyond. I told you we needed Spartans. 
So I made some. So exactly that bookend phrase that we heard. Mm-hmm. And I truly love this last panel. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen a more Marvel or DC, like if you're seeing an Avengers Assemble looking cover, mm-hmm. it's this right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's that's it. Closing this uh, hardback version of all three issues because let's talk about really quick. Let's just run through publication history, release versions, and what does this do for sure. the lore? Yeah. So so as far as publication, uh, you know, we had our three issues that came out that come into this compendium and this 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 trade. Uh, mm-hmm. We have issue one came out August fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Issue two, less than a month later, September eleventh, two thousand thirteen. And once again, less than a month later, issue three, October ninth, twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So actually slated one per month, like a typical comic series. So it's really awesome to see that that they actually stayed on that timeline, and it wasn't uh, a year and a half gap between all three of them yeah. you know, to have this come. Um, and then obviously our release versions, the individual. Uh, issues as well as the hardback trade released January eighth, twenty fourteen. That's the that's the version we used for this episode mm-hmm. that I got at a goth garage sale. So as one does. <laughs> so let, let's talk about what does this do for the lore and for three issues. It actually does quite a bit. Yes. So to start, it shows the origins of Spartan Palmer and Davis and how they became Spartans. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have Spartan Assault where we just have these two Spartans who are Spartans. We don't know anything about them. Well, exactly. And especially with, with Palmer. I mean, that, that's our most important character this entire thing that we're seeing mm-hmm. as far as the games go. And we're really getting to see, you know, a, a start to her, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also learn the fate of June after Reach, which mm-hmm. was a big one because... In my heart, A Fistful of Arrows is still canon, and this doesn't mess with that by any means. So, you know, he's a suit and, suit and tie kind of guy now, which, boring, but whatever. He's a recruiter. He, he's got to eat. Hey, he's got to eat. So he's, He still knows how to handle himself. <laughs> this is true. We also learned that, you know, Spartan Palmer and her original crew weren't the first Spartan force. In fact, yes. that there were, they said, Isla Zane, who went crazy, who hand-to-hand, without armor, can can almost basically take out Palmer. Uh, we, was going to. Yeah, we, <clears throat> potentially. Uh, we, uh, we don't I'm know gonna, for sure. I'm going to say yes. We don't know for sure. She's going to kill her. <laughs> She's going to kill her until they vent her. Which is very impressive nonetheless. Yes. And, and she shows up in the lore later on, and, and she's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. She's just this... She's crazy, essentially, which is what happens. Yeah. Another major aspect that we do see is obviously Musa 096 mm-hmm. at the time as a commander who started the Spartan 4 program. Yeah. So this is, this is another, I believe it's called them washouts, but another Spartan who didn't make it past augmentation period. Mm-hmm. Obviously, wheelchair bound. Huge hate for Halsey. Oh, par for the course. Exactly. Um, and I think that really applies to any of the washouts or anyone who was not indoctrined into her way of life. Because yeah. everyone else who made it through the program and has been a Spartan thinks of her almost as mom. Mm-hmm. Whereas all these are like, she's our evil stepmom type thing where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. we need to get back at her. She's the one who did this to us. And I think the reality is a lot of Spartans never truly figured out what happened to them. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. just going along like, oh, I'm here. You know, I meant to serve the UNSC. I meant to save everybody. Yeah. But especially in the books and other materials, we see just how damning that is. Yeah. And we don't see it as like a rah, rah, yay. You know, we're saving Earth. It's like this was a really bad thing that happened that in a way had to happen 
Mm-hmm. But I love to explore the morals of it. Yeah, and talk about it. Yeah, and, and finally, what we what does this do for the lore is that. Spartans now are their own branch of the military, which I think is huge. Yes, and that gives influence coming up. Like I said, especially adding in the armor selection and seeing that there's going to be a lot more. Because this is really the first time all of the military is going to be backing them. Mm -hmm. Because the twos were obviously a secret forever. The threes were still a secret. Mm -hmm. You know, they were still backed by Oni and by some of the UNSC but they were still a secret program. Mm-hmm. And this is the first going to be public program. And they're mm-hmm. going to have like the propaganda posters of like, you know, Uncle Sam, like, mm-hmm. come on and join in. Be a well, Spartan today. Well, also it's volunteer. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's the first time it's volunteer, not kids. Yeah. Because uh, they relied on children's revenge and hate for and, the it, covenant. For three. For, for Spartan threes, yes. And for four, it's you're a decorated soldier. Do you want to do more? Yes. Do, do you want to do more? Do you think you want to push more? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you have the passion to serve and the passion for your countrymen. You know, what can you do? Like, what can we do to help you enhance those things mm-hmm. and to do even more for your planet and for your people? Do you do you want to start recruiting? Because I almost want to be a Spartan for now. You almost have me sold there. It depends how much I get paid. <laughs> and if I have to do anything. <laughs> so let's move on to the general reaction and, and reception of this comic, this mini-series, really. So Halo Initiation is a short and sweet comic run. It gave the Halo fandom answers about the Halo 4s and Sarah Palmer. Some reviewers did feel that the story overall lacked substance. A lot was told in only three issues, and thus it felt rather rushed. Some fans still feel, though, that the story did what it needed to do with no excess information that was unneeded. Overall, fans have been rather split on how they feel about the miniseries. Mm-hmm. So, and the reviews really kind of reflect that. And I will say IGN's rev- uh, score that we're going to read off was only for the first issue. They didn't review the second issue or the second or third issue. And we'll see why, because IGN gave it a 4.6 out of 10. They gave that first issue a low score and basically was like, this is the debut of Dark Horse and... Halo, like this is really like what you're going to give us. So I really think that IGN was like, we're not going to review this anymore. We're not no. going to do these other two issues. Well, you have to figure that issue pretty much broke off just with Palmer's training. Mm-hmm. So you have to think of it as, oh, you're just kind of fall of reaching us mm-hmm. and just kind yeah. of retelling this, which in a way is I appreciate as a nod to like how all the Spartan programs start. Mm-hmm. But if you're expecting, it's kind of just retelling the same story, but you now own the IP. It's like Disney doing Star Wars 7. Yeah. It's just a bigger Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, we had Comic Book Roundup would give it a 6 out of 10. Goodread users would give it a 3.8 out of 5. Mirrodin Games would give it a 3 out of 5. Comicsology would give it a 3.9 out of 5. And Kobo would give it a 4 out of 5. Five. Mm-hmm. So IGN does throw off that average, but you know, kind of that asterisk of it was only one issue, yes. and I think they were really like, "Nah, we're we're okay." Yeah, I think for them too. I, I and depending how marketing went and things like that, it's more like, "Eh, it's the same thing." You know, same old, same old mm-hmm. story. Yeah, do we want to put time and resources into writing an yeah. article for this? But with that being said, let's talk about how we felt about the comic series mm-hmm. itself. Let's sit back, relax, and. 
go freeform. So as always, Alex, please start us off. Yeah. So so as as far as this entire series, you know, I I think that initiation started telling what could have been a really interesting story in mm-hmm. the interim. I just don't think they had enough issues. Yeah. I think if this was possibly a five issue series, it could have been a really good mini series. Mm-hmm. I we talked about this before the podcast. My issue with it is uh, we get Palmer drop in. That was a really cool fight. Okay, she's a Spartan now. Okay, we don't really care about her anymore. Mm-hmm. Now this is about Infinity and who, you know, June and Del Rio and all these other admirals are and getting the Spartan 4 program going. So it's trying to tell, I think, too many things at once. Yeah. And, and instead of giving it – because you could have had an entire issue that's just Palmer training and how the training goes and how everything is – lead into a little bit more of that into the second issue and then switch. Like kind of have an issue and a half for each of these things mm-hmm. to really flesh it out. You know, and then we're left with a head spoiler with Isla Zane. We don't ever really see her again until, like you said, the Hunted Truth podcast. Yeah, that's it, it, going off of memory. That's the first time I remember her popping and, and, back yeah, and up. Yeah, I believe there's one more little mention of her, but to leave such a cliffhanger mm-hmm. of her being like, the ship uncloaks. It obviously has like adm- uh, admiralty on it. Um, you know who are you? And to kind of leave that up in the air and never really touch that material. Mm-hmm. In the, cause I wouldn't say this is mainstream, but it's more mainstream than the Hunt the Truth podcast in a way, where it's like it's a book, comic book, something that people can grab. And I absolutely agree. And as a whole, I mean, we talked about how people felt that it it was really rushed. And even you and I, before we started recording, we were talking about this. And we're like, this could have been a lot cooler if Mm -hmm. there were two more issues. Because it was like, after a while when I was reading this, I was like, this stuff's kind of rushing. Like, the insurrectionists show up to fight all those other Spartans. And Lasky just runs up and just presses a button and it goes away. Like, I get there's a lesson there, but it could have been a little more drawn out. Uh, in situations like that, like, I think give us a little bit more of how Isla Zane and Palmer see each other within a fight. Maybe starts as a gunfight and then leads into into a fist fight. Something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Because it was it was really neat whenever she slaps that handgun away from Palmer. It's like, no, 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 hand to hand. I thought that that's such a cool moment. But it was just so overshadowed by rushed panels around it. Uh, and like you said, that, that fight in the hallway, it was pew, 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 door closed on. So it mm-hmm. wasn't it, – it could the, – the entire material could have lent just a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying what we were presented wasn't bad. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think it's really good. We did take some tropes that were very obvious nods to the fall of reach and whatnot mm-hmm. with, oh, you can't go first. It's not about the glory. It's about the team, which the only thing it's like she's an established ODST. Do you really think that this would that this would be like what she's going for right now? Then again, I could be wrong, but it's like I wouldn't expect like a really established ODST to not be a team player. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, you see her as... Lo- I think they try and show it that she's a lone wolf at the beginning because mm-hmm. she takes yeah. on that brute by herself and she knows how to handle herself. Mm-hmm. And she gets a promotion after that and, and all these other things. So it's... I think her story is is a little too rushed. I definitely appreciate her a lot more after reading this because mm-hmm. yeah. you just kind of get introduced to her. And I know a lot of people don't like her because she's just kind of, you know yippee at chief like to start and mm-hmm. kind of like always in your ear on these type of things but 
I think if we got more of these backstories and a lot more, because now we're just getting like Spartan 3, Spartan 4 just thrown at us mm-hmm. and not really getting that same appreciation we did for Chief, even Blue Team. Even all those teams were like, we got a lot of books and games and materials on them and really got to know them. With this, it's like, here's Lasky, he's got a movie. You know, here are <laughs> miniseries. You know, here here's Palmer. She gets a three-issue comic. Yeah. And, and I get that. I appreciate it. I, I think they didn't have to do it, but I'm glad they did to get an idea of who mm-hmm. they were and how they started. I just wish a little bit more time was dedicated to it to just flesh it out a little bit more, to give us just a little bit more reason to root for them or to not root for them. Like, is a Zane. Yeah. You know? And my issue with that, too, is why not do something with her right after that? Why not put... I, well, we'll see. We'll see. Because we'll we, we do we'll have see. some comics coming up that you and I have never read before. It's it's very true. So I, I do agree with that. You know, I think this, too, is always a gripe of how with the Halo universe. I wish they explored the insurrectionists so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I really wish they pushed a lot more of that. Granted, I get it. The video game is shoot bad guys that are aliens mm-hmm. or robots or dogs. So I, I get that <laughs> that's what the game is. However, in the peripheral material, I wish a little bit more was gone into that. Mm-hmm. And they have. They have in Contact Harvest. They have in various other outlets gone into it. Even through Kilo 5, we're seeing it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just wish there was just a little bit more, you know, exploration. Just just a hint more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say if I have to do rank this in terms of all the Halo comics we've gone through so far, I'm going to say it's at the end. But I don't say that as a bad thing. I just think what Marvel and and Microsoft did with the comics were phenomenal. I mean, yes. it, we we still talk about how Uprising is kind of like that gold standard for us for Halo comics. Even Fistful of Arrows. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a fan-made canonical slash non-canonical comic, mm-hmm. you know, in Limbo, I, like you said, it, it is ranked last for me, but that's in no terms means it's bad. Mm-hmm. It just means the other ones are just so much more superior, mm-hmm. but also definitely had more to flesh out with. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even the art, I'd say, was a little, I don't want to say phoned in, but the art, I think it's like the least detailed art we've got so far. The most generic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And again, not necessarily a bad thing. I get it. Uh, it's just kind of like what they had to work with. I don't know the timeline I couldn't find the timeline or anything of how long this comic took. It could have been a very short period. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know necessarily. However, with that being said, I truly, truly would love to see more mini series like this on characters. Mm-hmm. Even if you're only giving me three issues, I think you need to shave a little bit off of it then. I think you give us a little bit too much material to not flesh out. We've gotten a little bit, but they've been mixed as well. Uh, I know like one of the more recent ones was Lone Wolf yes. with uh, uh, Linda. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could get a couple more, but I would just love to see even more of this or even just more short stories. Mm-hmm. Give me like a, you know, a, a 20 page short story on yeah. some of these characters. I think it would just be fun. Well, even then, it doesn't have to be a physical release. Just randomly post it on Waypoint and like let us read. Like, because I'm a, you know, I'm a short story guy mm-hmm. through and through. That's what I go for. So like imagine... Not even a, com- a compendium or anything like that, but uh, imagine if just a few times a year we're just getting random short stories. See, I would love to see something like that where you reach out to the fans and say, hey, you guys know Spartan, you know, 122? You know, we don't know too much. Let's write something. Mm-hmm. Like, let's yeah. do a contest. Winner gets a copy of Infinite or winner gets mm-hmm. this. And you just have all these really awesome fan-created things mm-hmm. that becomes canonical, that fits together. I think it would just be so cool. So... Back off that soapbox tangent, coming back to it, 
Uh, so what, what kind of score would you give it? See, this one I'm really torn on, and I know this is going to seem like a bad one, but I want to mm-hmm. say a six or six and a half out of ten, mm-hmm. only because I felt it was rushed. I feel like if we would have gotten five issues, it'd be eight, eight and a half. But, I, yeah. but again, really, if we just had more of these battles and everything like that, a little more explored, mm-hmm. their training, I'd, you know, I get that we got the lesson once. Hey, you know, don't don't go for glory. Okay, let's see it. You know, if you're if you're gonna do that parallel with the fall of reach, give us the parallel where they learn their lesson. However, you also have to look at what they did with Lasky's story, his miniseries. Mm-hmm. They did that. They did a whole thing on him just going through training and all of those things and kind of being the lone wolf and doing all this stuff. So mm-hmm. we have seen it before, and like you and I said, it wasn't crazy high on our list of, of, of things we, we, we put at the top of Halo. Mm-hmm. So I I have to disagree on that aspect, but I have to agree that even if they only showed that, it needed to be a couple more panels to really let it sink in, mm-hmm. to have something yeah. really have a recourse towards it or to have... Oh, and I think, too, the, the, the last thing I'll bring up, I wish it was more banter. I wish it was more banter between Spartans. Mm-hmm. We get these five Spartans that are random. Somehow her and Davis partner up. We don't know how because we don't have any relationship between between them. Mm-hmm. And the other three are just there. Yeah. So that being said, I would probably give this one giant Spartan mess hall, obviously on S deck. Divide that by how much I really don't like Del Rio. Never liked him. No one likes him. But uh, yeah, take him out of there. Add in the addition of Spartan Force. Pretty neat. But then percent that by probably... The food we didn't get to see in the mess hall because that would have been kind of cool to see. But then add in some space, and you got yourself a comic book. Fair, I agree with mm-hmm. that. I agree mm-hmm. with that score. Thank you. And that is Halo Initiation, our first comic series that we are that we are covering from Three Four Three Industries. They did do a comic version of the Fall of Reach, but. We've already read that book. We know the story. Well, and it's tough. It's like I said, mixed reviews. You're trying mm-hmm. to tell a a decently long, I wouldn't say a long book, but it's a novel. It's trying to tell a novel in a comic format is hard when you only have X amount of resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But our next episode will be Halo Escalation, Mm -hmm. which is actually was an ongoing series. I believe it was 25 issues. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go from three issues to 25 issues. Yeah. So we have a little bit more to explore, which I'm pretty excited about. And it should be a great time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as always... Want to thank those patrons that make this entire podcast possible. If you want to sign up for our Patreon, we have links all over the place. You can always message us. But we have some really cool stuff coming along with, you know, exclusive swag bags, bonus episodes, Patreon game nights, shout outs that we're going to hear, plenty of other stuff, notes, things like that. You can always ask us what's in it or check out the Patreon for yourself. But let's go ahead and thank those people today. We have Charles Zitter, Tactics, Skyjack, Harvey Chong, Brandon Rushtar, Angry Canadian, ZZ Slipaway, Grant Dillon, Mr. Choff, Cowan Fong Feliciano, Dragonfire, Bretton Bagley, James Gervasi, Jonas, D Gamer twelve ninety eight, Duststorm, Alejandro Yarmil, Dilfix, Quantum Easy, The L Gamer Guy, Graham, Jamie Sneed, McCray Austin, Mega, Thomas Goulding, Nick Hyman, Francis, and Matt Smith. So thank you all so much for supporting us. Like I said, wouldn't be possible without you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want to know where to find us on any and all social media, or we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, where you can message us if you have any questions as well, and we'll have links to those in the description of these episodes. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you if you want to go and leave us a review on anything, please give us a star review or star rating on iTunes as well as review that really does help us and if you're on Spotify continue to do so yeah hit us up on Angie's list uh, make sure you're over there and uh, bbb.org gotta do it uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah with that being said you know after you go and find us on BBB or Angie's list or anything like that that was Halo Initiation and as we said our next episode will be Halo Escalation I'm your host Jesse Reiners and I'm your host Alex Kendall and thank you for tuning in to finish the fight a Halo podcast podcast